Welcome and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. Today we begin a new sermon series, and as you'll hear, we are at the beginning stages of a new season for our church. Here's First Pres Senior Pastor Dan Chun. I have found that being a follower of Jesus is one huge adventure, and I don't need to travel anywhere. Being a Christian is an adventure because I don't always know where the Lord is leading me. And sometimes it really stretches my faith. He's unpredictable. He always leads me to something that I think is beyond my capacity. It can be scary or exciting or both. Well, our church is going through an adventure far greater than we could ever have imagined. We are about to embark on a special four weeks and I'm going to show you a video that explains this exciting journey we're on. We couldn't get David Attenborough to narrate it, so I did. And you can share this video with others to let them know what your church is about to embark on, and we'll put the link in the chat. Well, without further ado, take a look and listen as I am now your guide on what I believe is a spirit-led adventure. It's always been in our genes to follow the winds of the Spirit. It started some 60 years ago. A group of intrepid entrepreneurial explorers raised their sails to launch First Presbyterian Church at downtown Richard Street. From there, the Spirit moved our church to Makiki on Ke'eomoku Street, a wonderful sanctuary with 500 seats and 78 parking spaces and we expanded as much as we could to receive all the people God was sending. But the two acres grew too small as we grew too fast. The Spirit then led us to some of the most beautiful land in the world. But now, a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit is blowing over the land, where now all 246 acres has recently been opened up for us to use for the glory and ministry of God. Hi, I'm Dan Chun, who has had the privilege of leading our church for more than 30 years. I've seen firsthand how God has used our community time and time again with miracle after miracle. A year ago, about this time, we launched the two-year Raise the Sales journey, where we studied how generous God was with us and how living a life of generosity is so freeing we discover that God is generous beyond our belief and looks out for us and draws even closer in the storms of life. He is so generous that we didn't realize that when the whole church did that six-part Bible study of the book of Joshua last fall, that God was preparing us to increase our courage, our faith, our sacrificial generous spirit that we would need for the difficult year of 2020. Do you remember? In our study, God gave us a prophetic word, Joshua 1.9. I hereby command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord was preparing us for one of the most difficult years in our nation's history. It was just a mere four months later that the dreaded coronavirus would attack the world, including our dear Hawaii. In addition to COVID-19 came economic struggle, the closing of schools, national racial tensions, wildfires that swept our country. But we have been faithful. 
We raised our sails as God told us to voyage into 2020. And what did you do with that courage and generosity? You did many things beautiful for God. We have seen our members on the front lines of healthcare sacrificially taking care of the sick and knowing that they could be exposed to the virus itself. We partnered at our campus with the city and county of Honolulu and the Hawaii Food Bank to serve more than a thousand households who needed food. A generous response. About 50 of our members volunteer at the food pantry to distribute food to those in need. With Family Hui Hawaii, we distributed and helped to contribute to 100 families boxes of food and supplies and Target gift cards. We made a monumental move to put all of our ministries online. Youth group, young adults, children's ministry, men's groups, mom's groups, life groups, alpha, just show up, all online. And not to forget, our four worship services went online, growing to about 800 more people attending and seeing more than 200 people making new commitments to Christ. But that's not all. The Raise the Sales generosity journey in just one year gave us a boost to commence or finish the building projects we promised. The multi-sceptor project is completed as required by the city, giving us a better grease, sewer, and plumbing system. Air conditioner chiller is arriving to be installed in a few months. The repair of the roof should be finished next year. The vine, our Kaka'ako Church campus, has now been remodeled and furnished. And by fall next year, our new internship program and the intensive emerging leaders training will have been started. As we are halfway on our Raise the Sales Generosity journey, we received commitments of $11 million of our $15.5 million goal. So what does he have to say to us today? As we stand at the midpoint, his words are as important as last time. It's the words, fresh wind. His wind is asking us to complete what we said we would complete now that our entire 246 acres has been unencumbered with the golf club leaving. What does God want us to do? Working with the Department of Land and Natural Resources to develop and approve our plans, we can imagineer and dream and possibly, maybe, use the land to join the state in its sustainability goals to provide more food for Hawaii, educate our people and the community in farming, offer a farm to table experience, help grow supply, and box fruit and vegetables for delivery for those in need. See horses and sheep eating our grass as our lawnmowers. Have a walking and jogging park. Have camping areas for family and friends. Offer elementary and high schools to use our place for excursions to learn about God's creation and lead people for Christ in new and innovative ways. Hence, the elders, the staff, and I are calling the entire congregation together to do a four-week small group Bible study entitled Fresh Wind, starting in the first week of November. We're hoping to have 100% involvement of our people. We'll be sending you a packet with more information. At the end of the study in late November, 
we're asking the entire church to mail in a commitment card as you take one of three steps on this journey. Number one, for some of you, you haven't yet joined us on this Raise the Sales journey, and I wanna invite you to come with us. Join us with a commitment to this second year of Raise the Sales. Number two, those of you who already turned in a card last year, we're asking that you affirm your commitment to finish strong, which might be a significant step for many, given everything that has happened this year. Whether you commit to finish strong at your current level or at a modified level, we understand. And number three, others on this journey may find themselves in a position where you might admit that God may have more for you. Maybe he has provided in a way that you weren't expecting. Ask God if he's inviting you to expand your commitment in response to the vision and the fresh wind of what he's doing in our midst. God has always given us a word. He continues to say, be strong and courageous and know that God is with us for this next year and the years to come. So let us all raise the sails of our hearts, minds, and souls and catch the fresh wind from our Lord. God bless and aloha. So church, God is doing something incredible in our midst. And I know many of you are hearing about this for the very first time. And after things marinate in your mind a bit, you might have some questions. So please start by going to the Raise the Sales Set website. And if you still have questions, feel free to write Chris Pan, our executive director, at the email you see on screen or in the chat pane. And so what is God doing specifically in our midst? We need to listen to him. It's why the elders and staff and I are calling us to call upon the Lord in a big congregational prayer walk on part of our golf course on Saturday, November 14, to seek his wisdom. We're asking for the Lord to have his Holy Spirit fall upon us and lead us. Speaking about the Holy Spirit, today we begin our four-part study from the book of Acts as part of our Fresh Wind Sermon Series and Small Group Study, which marks the midpoint of our two-year Raise the Sales Generosity Journey. And what happens in the first chapter of the book of Acts is so important for us to understand for today. It has a lot to do with the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. Our story from the Bible begins with Jesus. He has risen from the dead and stays on earth for 40 days to give him enough time to show people that he really was indeed resurrected. But he also wants to give his final charges like go into the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey, not just listen, but obey all that he had commanded them not obey some, but obey all that he had commanded them. This was the very first Zoom meeting as he then zoomed up into the air, into the iCloud. <laughs> that is such a bad joke. You need to know that everyone in the room right now is rolling on the floor laughing very close to my light and camera tripod. 
If they keep this up, I'll call them holy rollers. I don't know if these are dad jokes or Dan jokes. <laughs> Before Jesus left, he told the disciples that in a few days the Holy Spirit will come upon them. Now, when someone says to me, in a few days, I think like two or three days, but two or three days later, nothing happens. Fourth day, nothing happens. And maybe some of the disciples start to argue. Does few mean two days, three days, four days? Five days, nothing. Six days, nothing. And maybe they're getting antsy. You know, when you're waiting for a friend and she doesn't come for six days, that's major trouble. Or your Christmas gift comes six days late, that's a long time. Seven days pass, nothing. Eight days pass, nothing. Nine days, they're waiting around, still nothing. Tenth day, it's like whatever, hashtag can't wait. They all go to a room together. Normal day, but then boom, it happens. A crazy supernatural thing happens. The Holy Spirit falls upon the disciples just like wham. They were in a room together, just talking story, when they saw and heard a violent, rushing, forceful wind enter the room. But it wasn't just the audio, it was also the visual. And there seemed to be like a tongue of fire above each of the disciples' heads. Then, back to the audio, they began to speak in tongues, at least 12 known languages, known to the citizens in the area but unknown to the disciples. They were so overwhelmed with the spirit, so full of joy that they stagger out into the street as they had so much authentic divine gladness. The townspeople in Jerusalem thought they were drunk and were amazed in how many languages they could speak. The fresh wind of the Holy Spirit came like a powerful wind upon them and whoosh, it went into them. And four things amazingly happened to the disciples. It's the mark of a spirit-filled life. And so it can happen to you, a fiery passion. There are four characteristics of people filled with the Holy Spirit. You ready? So people of the Spirit, Number one, they will be supernaturally empowered by God. Number two, they will be unified. Number three, they will be generous. Number four, they will be centered on Jesus. Okay, first point, supernaturally empowered by God. After the Holy Spirit fell upon the disciples, the Apostle Peter the one who denied Christ at least three times, the fisherman who often misspoke, suddenly became eloquent in the spirit and declared, quoting a prophet named Joel. Acts 2.17, Joel says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people, and your sons and daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. 
This new, fresh wind of the Spirit that came upon them allowed followers of Jesus of all ages, young and kapuna, to, to risk, to have courage, to see visions from God, to have dreams, big dreams that come from God, and they would see miracles here on earth. Remember, it was the fresh wind of the Spirit that allowed one of our kapuna 15 years ago to have a dream that pointed us to buy the Ko'olau property, which was not even on our radar, and it wasn't even for sale. You see, it had to be a supernatural leading from the Lord, or else we would not have moved on it. And it came through a dream from a man named Don Parker, who said he never dreamed. Now, no that if you ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life to fill you, no matter what your age, young or old, the Spirit will guide you and lead you and speak to you. We have been a church learning, especially over the last 20 years, what it means to pray in the Spirit and expect to see miracles, healings, or to experience prophetic words, which we define as divine words from God that primarily do three things, encourage, strengthen, or comfort people. Ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Maybe I should lead you in that prayer. But first, back to the story. After the Holy Spirit fell on the disciples on that day of Pentecost, according to our scripture passage, Peter told the townspeople in this story about Jesus and see what their response was. Let's continue in our story in the book of Acts. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter said to them, Repent! and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, that, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will, re, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. Repentance is important. Baptism is super important. And then comes the filling of the Holy Spirit in a special way. You know, our Bible text says the people heard this and were baptized and 3,000 people converted that day. 3,000 people. And then get this, our passage leads us to point number two. They will be called into unity. We pick it up in this verse. We will soon see what happened after the Holy Spirit fell on all of the people. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. They were unified. Notice the word devoted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, meaning they devoted their whole life to learn more about this Jesus. They also devoted themselves to be a fellowship of believers, a real community. They devoted themselves to the sacrament of the breaking of bread and communion, remembering always that Jesus died for them but was resurrected. And they devoted themselves to prayer. The question is, 
are we devoted to those things? There will be unity if we are devoted to seeking the presence of God in our worship and the breaking of bread, in prayer, in studying the word, in a regular fellowship of a community of followers of Jesus. That's what church is all about. And the fresh wind of the Spirit brought them together for that reason. When we are devoted people, we will be unified. We are called to unity. Now during coronavirus, during an election year, now more than ever, we need to be unified. Don't let any division get in our way. As scholar, pastor, author Tim Keller once wrote, that back in the first century, there was no other religion that took in all groups and all strata of society. The one tenable explanation of Christianity's inclusiveness was probably its teaching of the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. For if Jesus was not a teacher showing the way of salvation, but the Son of God who accomplished salvation, then members of both sexes and all races, the learned and the unlearned, the high and the low, the able and the non-able might be able to share in the salvation made possible in Christ. I mean, if Mary Magdalene, who had seven demons, could be restored and join the group, and if there was Matthew, the tax collector, who ripped off his own Jewish, Jewish people, could be part of the original band of 12 disciples, and if two loud, boisterous sons of thunder named James and John could be included, and a guy named Thomas, who was always doubting and seeing the cup half empty, could join the team, then I think all people could be invited and included. God called them to unity. So, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Or I, should I talk about the other party? The donkey in the room. Or the independents. Now, more than ever, we need to be unified in Christ. No matter what political party or persuasion we may be from. No matter if you do or don't get the candidate you want in the coming election, this is the church. But no, there's someone trying to play with their minds right now who is the ultimate hacker, a demonic hacker, Satan himself. Yeah, I know. It's hard for modern-thinking, scientific-minded, sophisticated Americans to believe that there is a spiritual, personal evil that is always working against us. But I say, just look at the world, and you tell me, if there's not an incredible evil working far beyond just human sin. But Jesus told us he knows more than we about the spiritual world. And Jesus calls our enemy the devil, a fallen angel. Jesus also calls him Satan. But no worry, no worry. No need to be scared. For if you have the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, Greater is he, the spirit who is in you, than this Satan who is in the world. That's from 1 John 4, 4. If we have experienced the fresh wind of the spirit, we will be unified. Satan divides. The spirit unifies. Satan tears apart. Satan's work is fragmentation. He desires to divide, distract. What did Jesus call the devil? The father of lies. Now, don't let the evil one get to you during this election season. Be unified, even with those who might vote and think differently than you. 
for we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. To keep going in order in our passage, the next verse reaffirms that first quality of a Christian community that experiences the fresh wind of the Spirit, the supernatural. So it says in Acts 2.43, awe came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. Signs and wonders is the Bible's terminology for miracles that are signs that there's a loving, living God and the wonder or the supernatural should be a natural part of our walk in the Spirit. For the Christians, their lives should be naturally supernatural. Then the next verse tells us of a third quality of fresh wind in a Christian Spirit-led community. They will be generous. Let's continue in our passage about those early Christians. All who believe were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home, ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. The early Christians shared with one another generously, selling possessions to share their funds. And many scholars think that it even means property so that all would be helped who were in need. Did you know that when we bought the Kolau campus, a few people literally sold property so we could have a campus devoted, yes, devoted to God? And one of the reasons churches are created is to help those in need, whether inside the church or outside the church. The reason we started last year our Raise the Sales generosity journey was to realize how generous God has been to us and how he calls us to be as generous as God has been generous with us so that we share with those in need. Do you know we have a fund called the Good Samaritan Fund? If you are a member of this church and you are in need of help for a month's rent or an electric bill just to get by, our church will help if you fulfill certain criteria. It's a fund members contribute to to help those in need. It's our way to share what we have with others. And if that's a need for you, that you need some financial help to get by, then write the Good Samaritan Fund at goodsam at fbchawaii.org. And the Good Samaritan team will confidentially review your request. Again, this is for members, and I should add regular attenders of the church, and not for all the residents of Hawaii. The fund wouldn't last if it were for the 1.3 million residents. And of course, we also try to help with non-financial things with spiritual counsel, encouragement, and prayer. For the residents of the state outside the church, we try to help in additional ways, like the early church. We have shared what we have with others in helping families in the community by doing many projects, as you saw in the earlier video, by giving gift cards and boxes of food or needed supplies or, or wash the laundry of the houseless and those in need. Before COVID, we generously shared our building with thousands of people every month for their life-giving experiences of graduations or proms or fundraisers or seminars or funerals or weddings, parties. And now that the golf 
course, is gone, as you saw in the video, we hope all 246 acres of our property will be used by the community. And if the Department of Land and Natural Resources allows us, it might be used for farming and food production, vocational training, environmental education for public and private schools, and for camps or retreats. We want to use all that we have and be generous to share it, to be into the restoration of people's spirits, souls, and bodies, and not just keep the land so we can look at it and use it just for ourselves. We want people to be refreshed by the winds of the Spirit. We want people to know Jesus. We want the citizens of Hawaii to drink the living water of Christ that will never have them thirst again. Not to forget, we have sent out people, our members, to many lands in Asia and Africa and other places to help those in need, to fight poverty and sex trafficking and to help people medically. We want to generously share all that we have with others, no matter what creed, color, or culture. Again, think of the early church right after Pentecost. As author Tim Keller wrote of the early church, and when hearing this, think of our church. Here's what Keller said. There was every culture possible, every race, every class, every temperament. And here's what's so astonishing. These are people who seemingly therefore had nothing in common. They do not have a common culture. They do not have a common personality. They do not have a common temperament. They don't have a common class. And yet these are the people who immediately are in each other's homes every night. They were together. They were together. You couldn't keep them apart. How could this be? And of course, after COVID, will we even be together more in each other's homes? But they're together. Why? The answer is, it was the Holy Spirit, that fresh wind, that unifying them and teaching them and allowing them to be generous with those unlike them and with those so different than they. And finally, the early church was number four, centered on Jesus. It's all about Jesus. When the apostle Peter spoke to the people of Jerusalem, just after the Holy Spirit rushed in like a wind in that room and tongues of fire appeared on the disciples' heads, this supposedly uneducated fisherman gave this eloquent anointed speech as inspired by the Holy Spirit. And this is what Peter said, quote, But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus, the Nazarene, by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well known. No, but God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. And with the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him. I see what the Lord is, that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad, and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life, and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. 
wow, sounds like Pentecost. Did you hear what David said? Having God in our life means we will not be shaken. Don't we want that? And then Peter really starts preaching. He said, God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he has exalted the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. And Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, and all who have been called by the Lord our God. And then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So there it is. That's the gospel. That's the good news. We may think the world is messed up. We may think this is a crooked generation with a polluted earth, with no one else to blame but ourselves. And we may hear of crime and injustice and racial prejudice, and we hope a politician or a billionaire will save us. But the honest answer is this. Our only true perfect hope is Jesus Christ. Our only true hope is if more people turn to him. Our only hope is people really devoting themselves to prayer, studying his word, and being in community and worshiping him. Our only hope is if we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us, that we might live lives that are generous to those in need, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Our real hope is in a real God, a true God who came to this earth and allowed himself to die so that we might know of his love and that he might fight the curse of sin that plagues our land. When we realize all that he has done for us, his incredible generosity, we desire to reflect that same kind of generosity with people inside our church, with people outside our church, with our beautiful, spacious property, with everyone. We want to raise the sails of his love to spread to all. As the old hymn says, amazing grace, how can it be that you, my Lord, would die for me. It's Communion Sunday. It's our time, like the early Christians, to break bread together. So let's pray and prepare our hearts for communion and participate in a sacrament, a ceremony, where we remember what Jesus generously, abundantly did for us on the cross. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you amazed and we find it incredulous that the Almighty God of the universe would come to earth to sacrifice his life 
to live a painful life and die for our sake. And Lord, there may be some here who just hearing this story of the early church and hearing of their unity and their generosity and their devotion and their passion are saying, you know, that'd be amazing to live like that and that maybe this is the time that I want to commit my life to Christ and maybe this is the time I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so for those of you who are early on this journey and maybe want to pray to receive Christ, just follow me in this very simple prayer. And you can repeat it kind of in the essence, in the, in the silence of your hearts. To just say, Lord, so Jesus, um, I just want to thank you, as I heard about all, all of this, of what you've done for me. And I really would like you in my life. And I don't get it all, but I really want to follow you to the best of my ability and hope that you show me the way. And I can see now that you may be the future and the hope that I've always wanted. So thank you for what you've done. Please come into my life. Sorry for some of the things I've done and maybe ignoring you for a while. But Lord, please send your Holy Spirit and fill me that I want to experience this amazing love and passion and promise and hope. And for those of you who have been Christians for a while, may we pray this, and you can follow me, that maybe you desire to be filled again with the Holy Spirit. We always can use more filling because we leak all the time. And for you, join me and just say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Just pour into me right now. And not that I want to use you, but I want to follow you. And I want to feel your presence. And I'll use all the good that you're empowering me to do to be generous and loving and forgiving with others. And so, Lord, for all of us, all over the world, as people all over are watching, we pray that, that may we surrender all and live for you and your glory on earth. And may the fire of the Holy Spirit burn in us. Make us unified, passionate about you, Lord. In Christ's name, amen. As we used to do when we were in person, you can stand up where you are to receive a blessing I'm, I'm going to do for you all. So stand up, push back your kitchen chair, your dining room chair, or wherever. Maybe you're at the beach. Just stand up, see if people notice you, as I know a lot of people are using their phones. And receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and his countenance be upon you. And may you have the fire of his love in you, the love of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Goodbye, everybody. Ahui ho. Our church is standing at the beginning of an exciting time, not just for us, but for all of Hawaii, the world, and especially the kingdom of God. We now have this unique opportunity to share our entire church grounds with everyone, all to the glory of God. 
If you'd like to hear this sermon again, you can listen to and download this and other sermons from the First Pres website, fpchawaii.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Normally, we meet Sundays at our Ko'olau campus or at The Vine in Kaka'ako, but during this COVID season, you can find the entire church service streamed online on the church's websites, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. For our virtual church service, click the online church box at our regular church service times. Sunday morning at 8, 9.30, and 11.11 for First Prez, and Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. for The Vine. Be sure to check your email for links to sermons, church news and updates, and daily devotionals. And if you have any questions or needs, you can reach the church through the website or just call 808-532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2020 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.